Here we go. All right. Morning, Josh. Morning, Steve. How's it going? It's going all right, Josh. I guess I don't start by asking how the weather is in Houston, huh? Uh, I mean, you can. I mean, Google it. Yeah, we we, we could Google it. Yes. Um, For those of you who are, are listening and stumbled upon us, this is the Obvious Brothers podcast. I'm Obvious Steve. Obvious John is playing golf. There is no other way to put it. So I'm not going to make excuses for him. His his golf game was more important than this week's podcast. But we're fortunate to have our, our friend Josh sitting in today for John. And I, I you know, after John told him to that he would be uh, talked over constantly during the podcast, I pointed out at least the bar's low on picks because John went 0 for 3 last week in college picks. So. Josh, you, you, do, you do not, you, you cannot do worse than 0 for 3. Well, I'm going to try. Well, that's a good, obvious brother spirit there, bud. Yeah, well, well done. Yeah. But Josh, you know, uh, for those of you at home who can't see, we've been using Zoom and Josh is on the camera. He's wearing his Phillies hat as we record. And this is uh, very weird to me, but uh, we, we, we will press on and I will explain that in a moment. But uh, we need to get to the point that Josh has tickets. Do you have tickets for both days? I do. Yeah. Yes. So Josh has tickets to both playoff games in Philadelphia uh, today and tomorrow. And I'm sure he's pumped up. He probably hasn't seen a playoff game since 2013. Uh, oh, you 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 went. Well, you see, this is why it's strange to see you pumping your fist and wearing a Phillies hat because you are a lifelong Pirates fan and used to be a Pirates season ticket holder. And it's kind of, kind of a thing that you're either one or the other, Josh. Uh, I don't see it that way, Steve. I well, see clearly as, not, Josh, but you're yeah. the only one in the state of Pennsylvania who doesn't. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I will point out that the person who is pointing this out to me is a fan of both the Cardinals and the White Sox. So I think you and the other people, I know you're not the only Cardinals fan who also roots for the White Sox. They're in different leagues. That increasingly doesn't matter. Oh God. They're in different leagues. I'm going to stick with that. But but in fairness, uh, Josh lives a spit from the, uh, from from Phillies park, whatever we're called. That's right. Uh, Sean tried to give it a cooler nickname than it has the other day. Citizens Bank Park, as it's known for a few days until somebody gives them more money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm walking to the game, probably See leaving it. around 3 o'clock. Yeah, there you go. So, so Josh, uh, I, I offered to pay Carter, cover Carter's uh, college fund if uh, the Braves really did score more than six runs today. Um, are you happy about the uh, pitching matchup, uh, Aaron Nola versus Undecided today? I I think so. Are we convinced that it's not going? Okay, I'm fine with Nola going for the Phillies. What concerns me is Spencer Strider pitching for the Braves, and I know that there's been. I mean, he hasn't pitched in a while. Shoulder issues, or I'm not exactly sure what his injury is, but. I would rather he he not pitch today. Uh, he hasn't pitched since the middle of September, and yeah, 
Yeah, I there's so many guys wandering around because you know, Gonsolin for the uh, Dodgers also hasn't pitched, and he's likely to start for the Dodgers tonight. So I don't know which one of them has the elbow and which one the shoulder, but they both have arm issues, which does not sound like a good thing in game three of a 1-1 playoff series in a five-game series. Maybe not, but Strider's been pretty good this year, and – I would not uh, – I would hope that he does not pitch. Um, I mean, he's just – he's pretty electric, and I'd rather not face him today. Okay. Well, I guess that's uh, – there, there is uh, Josh uh, giving us his quick rundown here. Uh, all right, so um, let, let's stick with the topic of Major League Baseball, which I can't get John to talk about for more than 30 seconds. Um, let's see, uh, four series. Uh, yes, the Yankees haven't played two games yet, so they're 1-0. One, one and the Astros are up 2-0. And the two National League series are 1-1. One, one, uh, and they're only five-game series, so... Did you end up putting money on the Phillies for the series win? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of hedged, and then I almost hedged my hedge. Uh, so, <laughs> which, by the way, um, people is known around here as a classic Josh. But no, yeah, okay. I, so I bet the Phillies to win the series. It was pretty good. You know, it was like plus one fifty five, I think. And then I, I bet the Braves to win the series with a specific, um, you know, uh, count three, one, I bet the Braves to win the series three, one, mostly because as we covered earlier this week in text message, I figured that the universe would not allow the Braves to sweep since I had tickets for game four and in a sweep, I would get a refund. Uh So, so, uh, I figured that the Braves would possibly win three, one, um, I mean, I'm not rooting for that. But then after the Phillies won, and, and, and I should have mentioned that the Braves winning 3-1 was maybe plus 330. So it was a, it was a it, you know pretty good odds for that. And then uh, after the Phillies won game one, the Braves to win the series was probably, it, it was probably, I think it was 185, which seemed pretty high to me and i almost bet that i did not end up doing it but i i hope i don't regret that so you have the phillies to win the series but you have the braves to win in four yeah huh <laughs> yeah you're a funny man josh well so the 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 way it works out obviously is that i only lose money if it goes to five games and the phillies lose uh well that depends upon how much the payout is versus what you what your bet is but what right i'm I'm telling you that the payouts make it so that i only lose okay if the phillies win in five or no if the braves win in five you're good yeah no braves win in five i'm bad everything else i'm good all right um so are are the are the strohs just going uh ram right through the Mariners and sit around with their feet up for a day or what? Uh, you know, the Mariners were in position to win both of those games. And 
Jordan Alvarez, right? I mean, I don't yeah. watch a lot of American League baseball. Um, well, it'd be hard to when you're rooting for two National League teams. Yeah, uh, I, I only pay attention to the the headlines basically, and uh, I guess that guy's pretty good. So I mean, that, that that would be an obvious, brothers. Uh, well done, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, what I um, so probably my favorite baseball writer, uh, Joe Sheehan. I subscribed to his newsletter, and he was he wrote after game one how uh, Jordan Alvarez is the best left on left hitter in the game, and so bringing in Robbie Ray was a mistake of a few proportions one being you know Robbie Ray has not been great this year but then also bringing in a lefty to face Jordan Alvarez is not like a a huge advantage as it would be against most other left-handed batters so um what I'm rooting for in that series you know my my as you know my in-laws all live in Seattle or that area Right. And uh, so I think that they have caught the bug a little bit and are rooting for the Mariners. I just want the Mariners to win game three. Do you know what happens if they win game three? Do you know what happens in game four if they win game three? Uh, they they actually play another game? I don't know. No. They do play another game, but their first pitch is supposed to be 105 Pacific time on uh, Sunday would be game four yeah. and the oh, how does that work out is that right one of somehow for some reason let me go and find this tweet the seahawks game would be delayed an hour and a half on sunday because of the end of the baseball game as you know since you went to seattle this past summer these stadiums are right across the street from each other. Right. Yeah. Be a little congested. So we would have a, I believe. Not, not, not different than Philadelphia would be. Right. Not, no, not very different at all, but you know, they can, uh, I think or, they can like plan for that. that matter, wouldn't be different than Pittsburgh would be. Also true, which it also, uh, you know, but they, but they plan those things when, you know, and, in Pittsburgh, they don't really have to worry about postseason baseball, so they only have. They <laughs> don't have only to worry have about postseason football this year either, Josh. So, yeah. well, no, probably not. But um, so, so but, the you know, Seahawks, Seahawks are going to have to January. move if there's a game four, huh? The plan is for the Seahawks to move their game from a four o five local uh, Eastern time kick to a five thirty Eastern time kick so you know to me that's kind of fun because uh the well first of all these last couple nfl windows have only had three games in the four o'clock window in the late window which is kind of lame it's the same this week but then there'd only be two games for obviously the first hour and a half or so until seahawks and cardinals kicked off um but then that game would then leak into the sunday night game so that's kind of fun Uh, Josh, uh, Josh brings the trivia, uh, to, to the obvious brothers, you know, obvious and trivia don't really go together, but yeah, just, just saying. So, so 
Uh, is it obvious that the Yankees are going to win that series? Yeah. I think at this point, I bet on the Guardians. So, yeah, I think it's obvious. Well, I, I'm not sure that the everybody was talking about what a disadvantage it was to play the first series last weekend. And they actually kind of help. Well, yeah, it kind of helps you because three of them won in two games. And we're able to come back with their number two, number one starter in game two. So the pitch, like in the Phillies series, the pitching matchups uh, after game one, which they won anyway, or early in the Phillies uh, till game four, I guess, uh, are in the Phillies' favor, right? Yeah. So game one was what, Tuesday, Tuesday, right. Wednesday, off day. Then tonight Nola goes, or this afternoon Nola goes, and then Game Four is going to be. Right. Right. Who's going to be? Who's going to pitch Saturday? That is the question, isn't it? The, the who, who's their number four starter? <sighs> so so tomorrow tomorrow there'll be undecided versus undecided. Well, wouldn't? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it probably. Although I would wonder if the Braves would bring back. But Tuesday to Saturday, I guess that's short rest, right? With yep. uh, what's his name? Freed. 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 Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering. So the Phillies have a bunch of number five or even number six starters as their number four starter. Uh, right. You know, like right. Kyle Gibson or Noah Syndergaard. Uh, Syndergaard did. I know he was warming up on Wednesday, but I don't think he actually threw. Right. He pitched. He did. Okay. So he probably won't pitch then. Um, I mean, it'll, it'll be Gibson. I'd be surprised uh, if it's not Gibson. So yeah. anyway, I'm just saying that uh, I'm not sure uh, because I know Bieber's going today and, it, you know, they moved it back a day anyway because of the rain delay. But Bieber's going for the Indians, which I, I, I know uh, Nestor had a good year as a rookie, but that's, you got to give Bieber the advantage, right? I would think so. Right. I so, don't think so the whole, yeah, I'm not sure playing that first weekend is, is, and of course the other Darvish, you know, the other night, I don't know that he got the W, but he was fine against the Dodgers against Kershaw. So, um, yeah, I, th- I, I think it's overrated, uh, how much that hurts your pitching staff going that first weekend. And especially since the matchups, swing swing in your favor with games two and three with the way they have them they have them spread out enough so that they've had i've got their regular rest so all right so yeah i i'm i'm on houston and the dodgers uh the houston pick feels a lot better than the dodgers pick does right now since the dodgers got flipped late wednesday night people are immediately panicked like they're going and it yeah. probably is worse that they don't know who they're pitching today, right? Or tomorrow. The no, Dodgers don't know who they're pitching they, tomorrow. They, do, they They were talking about whether Gonzalez was going to go or who. So I think they were going with Gonzalez and hoping. Uh, Robert said he had six pitchers to back him up to fill in the rest of the outs as far as he went, which does not sound like a great strategy. 
Snell, Snell's going for the Padres, and, and he has not been great this year, but, you know, he has the potential to be great. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's at, I think, actually, he's had a real good second half. Um, I, I think he uh, – mine... Oh, go ahead. He won a Cy Young Award not long ago. I, I think uh, you feel pretty good about having a guy like that going in game three. Yeah, although MLB.com tells me that Gonsolin is pitching tonight. Well, isn't that what we're talking about? I thought you were talking about tomorrow. Uh, I was talking about game three. Gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so I don't know. My, my hope is kind of uh, I've always had like a romanticized view of the Dodgers. Uh, probably my earliest baseball memory is um, probably my second earliest baseball memory is Kirk Gibson in the game one of the 1988 World Series. And uh, I, I just, I, you know, as you've been to to Dodger Stadium, and yeah. I don't think it like it as much as I do, but it's my third favorite stadium in Major League Baseball. Oh, um, I, yeah, I, I think it's in my top five easily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a great um, place, great, yeah. great team. And and I don't know what the hell you're doing with Kirk Gibson as your earliest memories. You don't remember Sandy Koufax in 1964? I uh, barely. Yeah. Barely. There you go. All right. So, yeah. so I don't know. I think we pretty much covered as much baseball as anybody wants to listen to. And John will well, be skipping ahead. Yeah. My point was in romanticizing the Dodgers, I kind of root for them. And right. with this sustained period of excellence that they've had, I would really hate for their only world series to be in the, in the COVID season. So wow. I'm really hoping that they, you know, Clayton Kershaw can get one before he has to retire. And um, I, I, that's what I'm kind of rooting for. Oh, well, personally, they're, they're the best team in baseball, but you know, that doesn't always mean you win the World Series. So, yeah, Billy Bean famously said that, right? Did he? Well, yeah. Are we allowed to curse on the podcast? Yes. And his, his famous words were, uh, you know, regarding Moneyball in the early 2000s. He's my shit doesn't work in the playoffs. Nah. You know? I, I, I don't doubt that he, he, he probably wasn't far wrong there. No. No, and, and uh, yeah, I, I was at Planet Fitness last night reading the feed, and I think, did they have Tim Kirshen or somebody on and who's one, one wise guy said what we all know, that the regular season is a marathon uh, and then you switch to doing 20 yard sprints. And so it's a whole different, yeah, you know, whole different thing. So we'll, we'll, be, we'll be watching some 20 yard sprints here the next couple of days. Yep. Of course, that means we got to figure out how to work around the best college football weekend of the year so far. And I don't know that the season will get any better uh, than this weekend, at least based on people's record. Uh, so we got a lot of great games in college football. So I guess I, I'm, I'm going to start with a question I didn't give you leading up, but I, you know, I, I listened to several, uh, yeah, several groups of people who do this. So, so pick, pick what game it is you're watching in each window tomorrow, Josh. Well, you know, I, it's really sad to me because I'm going to the Phillies game which means Maybe. it's a it's a 
207 first pitch, I'm not going to be watching anything unless it's on my phone. So if I am well, watching you're not, you're, the first window, you're not going to be watching. Well, so 207 first pitch, you know, I'm probably going to have to leave 1230 or so, which, by the way, not that this is an obvious brothers podcast topic, but is when Everton play against Tottenham tomorrow. So um, I, I would have the I have the double screen set up in the living room that, you know, my wife really, really loves. Uh And uh, Everton would be on the main screen and on screen two, I would be hate watching uh, Penn State at Michigan. Okay. Uh, Rooting for Michigan, of course. I root for Michigan, I'd say 12 Saturdays a year. Um, I don't hate Michigan, but I certainly root for them more against Ohio State and Penn State. Okay. So that's that's window number one. And and, uh, as I'm looking at this screen... From Yahoo, I know that, you know, Oklahoma, Kansas is intriguing. Minnesota, Illinois matters to me. So I'm going to probably be, if I'm home, and I think I will be, I think I'll be channel flicking uh, those three games and watching the Texas-Iowa State score because I can't believe Texas is really 16.5-point favorites. So, okay, that's window one. So when you get home, and the three thirty games are deep, deep rolling there. Which one are you picking up? Alabama, Tennessee. Obviously, as a graduate of the University of Tennessee, I will be cheering on the Vols. Uh, I don't believe that the stat is the same for the Vols against Tennessee as it is for Florida, vis-a-vis my uh, matriculating at the university. Um, but it has been fifteen years since the Vols have beaten. Uh, the tide. So um, yeah, I will be watching that game. I will probably be watching that game on my phone at the Phillies game. Um, so yeah, go balls. Okay. And then uh, the seven thirty game. I guess I'm probably going to end up watching. I'll probably be flipping. Uh, but I think um Probably watching from live from Salt Lake City, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's, I have some interest in watching the game in Tallahassee. Uh, I kind of, I don't know if we're doing our pigskin picks, maybe I should uh, spoiler this, but uh, I kind of see it hard. I have a hard time seeing Clemson not covering that three and a half points. Yeah. Um, even on the road. So I'll be watching that, but I think, I think, uh, USC and Utah will be on uh, screen one. Okay. There you go. I, I agree uh, with, with everything you said, except I won't be watching either one, obviously, because Purdue is playing Nebraska in uh, a game where, since John and I love, love Nebraska, I'll be torn. Uh, Worse. Yeah. Nebraska uh, yeah. fan pod. Uh, okay. So uh, let's see here. I, I'm marking this as the 17 minute, 17 minute mark uh, to timestamp this. Let's talk Purdue, Nebraska, because I know you want you're dying to. Why should Purdue really be two touchdown favorites? I know. <laughs> you, you tried to. You tried to do. Can you? Can you help me understand? I, I mean, I I love it if they win by. Well, I I, I told Karen. Yesterday, I said, I don't care if they win by 14. It just win by one. I just want them to win. Uh, 
which shows you how much confidence I have in them. Uh, of course, I've seen them play three games where they, uh, I've got to roll out this term, shit the bed, uh, pretty much. But uh, <clears throat> yeah. Well, they won one of them, though. Yeah, but did you see how? <laughs> I did. Yeah. But, you know, until yeah. you have to put that asterisk next to the record, I don't think you'll remember. I mean, you will. Remember. Oh, I will. I, I next year, vividly. Next year, I, you'll remember, but people won't remember the next time Purdue and Maryland play without being prompted by Fox. They won't remember how they won. They, they, they won't remember the two point conversion that got brought back. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, but but fourteen. Can you explain fourteen? No, I, I have no idea what's going on with this, and I I and hope it, that you're not trying to sucker me into taking Nebraska in pigskin. Um, I just, I'm only trying to sucker you into taking Nebraska in Yahoo, which is all that matters to me. Uh, in terms not, of you, I do not recall what I picked in Yahoo. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I probably picked Nebraska in Yahoo. Uh, I don't know why this would be a 14 point spread. What did uh, Bill Connolly have it as? I, I do I do not follow Bill Connolly. So he has Purdue as an 80% favorite to win and by 14 and 0.7 points. So uh, that explains why it's moved up from 12 to 14. People like Connolly think it's uh, 12 wasn't enough, huh? Yeah, although he had it at, at 14 when he did when he released his projections on Monday. So that's uh, also what I'm saying, John. I mean, when people like him say it's 14 and it's at 12, people were going bet, oh, yeah. bet it up. Right. Okay. Well, no, but he had the number at 14. His projection was 14.7, but he had the number at like that day at 14, not 12, is what I'm well, saying. But what I'm saying, John, if it opens at 12 and he says 14, people are going buy it at 12. Right. He so doesn't set the lines. He uses the lines that day. He doesn't set his own lines. Oh, he, he had a line on Monday that said 14? Correct. Hmm. Okay. That would be interesting to know who he's using. All right. So uh, here we are, wherever we're at. Um, we, we'll get off uh, Purdue, Nebraska and move on. Let's go back to... Is it the best game of the week? Well, let's talk about it anyway. Well, it is or isn't. Alabama, Tennessee. It's been seven and a half all week. Uh, I, I, I heard a discussion in two different places about Tennessee being a dog with fleas, if you understand that betting terminology. And uh, what, what do you think about Tennessee as the dog with fleas, Josh? I actually have never heard that before, so you're going to have to explain that to me. Uh, dog with fleas is, is a uh, underdog that the uh, public thinks it shouldn't be an underdog and bets heavily uh, on. And uh, Tennessee, I, I think I saw a number, maybe you tweeted it out, uh, something like 80% of the tickets are on Tennessee's side this week. <sighs> Yeah, I, I, I as a Vol fan, I don't like in, I don't like hearing any of that. Yeah, I think I did I did look at the money and on uh, Wednesday I think it was the money was heavily on the Vol side. Right. Um, you know, so the, the the classic analysis of this game that I've heard people 
say people that I listen to every week to prepare for the the weekend in betting is basically that, um, you know, if, if uh, Bryce Young plays, then, uh, you know, this is going to be the best quarterback that Tennessee has seen all year. Well, uh, duh. Yeah, there's right. an obvious. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, you, I, mean, you mean the returning Heisman Trophy winner might be the best quarterback they see? Yeah, I think the point more is that um, they haven't played any quarterback who has been worth. I mean, probably the best half that they have played against was Keaton Slovis at the pit game. And, you know, Slovis threw for 200 some yards in the first half and got knocked out on the last offensive play of the first half for Pitt. And not that I'm bitter or anything. And, um, hard to root for both sides though, isn't it, Josh? Well, I mean, there was, there was no question who I was rooting for. Come on. But, uh, so I think, you know, I think Tennessee's defense will be in for a rude awakening. Um, with the level of competition increasing so quickly. And then if Jalen Milrow is the one who gets to start, Bama's probably just going to run the ball down their throats. Right. Will they be able to do that? I think probably. Yeah. Um, I, most, you know, I, most people I don't think see that a way that Gibbs, I wouldn't Gibbs, take Gibbs will get about 200 yards if Milrow's the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I don't see a way that I'm going to take Tennessee. Uh, I think it's probably, you know, I could see Alabama kicking a field goal to go up 10 with like four minutes left and the Vols, you know, missing on a fourth and five or whatever. And that's the game. Alabama finishes with a couple of knees. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I really think Tennessee can win this game because I don't know that Young's going to play. So uh, I, I think if Young plays – yeah, I don't think they have much chance, but it depends upon how good he is, right? I mean, if he's not a hundred percent, if his shoulder is is inhibiting his his throwing, I guess last Saturday they talked about he might play, but uh, the people who watch these things carefully said he never he never actually threw on the sideline, so uh, they were treating that shoulder gingerly, so. Uh, I, I, this is one of those that uh, really ought to stay away from when you don't know what kind of shape the, uh, you know, the, the quarterback who makes it probably a six point difference in the spread. Uh, I think the seven and a half is leaning towards him not playing or not playing well, uh, not being up to what he, he could be. And so I think that number is probably fairly close to right right now so yeah i think that's fair yeah uh on the other hand i heard somebody say they didn't think hooker was anywhere near 100 percent either that he looked a little wobbly last week and so and, and he's going to get hit a lot that's pretty much guaranteed the two defensive ends or whatever the outside rushers for alabama are almost unstoppable and it's particularly anderson so uh yeah, if he gets knocked around a little bit, he may not be very effective, and that's another factor in the game. Yeah, I think the Vols are going to try and run the ball a lot to neutralize those defensive ends, so we'll see if they're able to do that. Um, that's one of the things that I think 
gets lost in the uh, in the Tennessee offense. Everyone talks about the quick pace, but they really, you know, if they're doing things correctly, they really run the ball well. And uh, so I'd look for them to try and establish the run early tomorrow, see if they can uh, neutralize Will Anderson. Okay. Well, there, there's one game, game down. Let's see if we can uh... – Push on. Uh, you said the noon game was a hate watch, and I think we all pretty much agree. Uh, I, we have a couple of Penn State fans who occasionally listen, so we'll just ignore them. Michigan, Penn State, another battle of undefeateds, another seven-point spread, which doesn't scream great game. And uh, one of the big questions is Michigan hasn't really played anybody yet. And is this more of a test than they're ready for? So um, you got got any breakdown on that game? Well, so from what I've seen, Michigan's schedule, Michigan's non-conference schedule was, by any measure, the absolute worst in a Power 5 conference. I mean, it was just atrocious. Um, this is part of this was the, like two or three years ago, they canceled a game with UCLA, which is why they got roped into, um, you know, whatever games, uh, Hawaii and Colorado state and whoever the third game was. Right. Um, and then they, they come into big 10 play and they really have struggled. Now, one of the things that I've seen with their, you know, I think Indiana is, is in the conversation. Sorry, John, for, um, being among the worst power five teams, if not the worst power five team there is. And so I think Michigan going to Indiana last Ouch. weekend and uh, really struggling in that first half, I think opened some eyes. And then you read about, and you don't know, you know, really how to calculate for this kind of thing, but Mike Hart running backs coach, I believe, you know, Michigan, great running back uh, famously called Michigan state little brother, which kind of irritated them at Michigan state. Uh has a seizure on the sidelines and is, is taken to the hospital in the middle of the first quarter. And you can see kids on the sideline visibly like shaken up crying. You know, they, they love Mike Hart as a leader. And what does that do to a team, you know, in the middle of the first quarter, it's really incalculable. And um, I think I'm willing to give Michigan a pass for that. you know, they ended up winning by three touchdowns. So. Yeah. The thing that people don't talk about is that, has Penn State really played much better of a schedule? Well, I think I think people they've already played on the road at Purdue and on the road at Auburn. So I think uh, yeah, that's that's far better than uh, I know. think they've they've tried. Like they've obviously they've put in a better effort than Michigan in their non-conference schedule by going to Auburn. But let's not pretend that this is like a classic Auburn team. No. And uh, actually, it might be a classic Auburn team. Let's not pretend it's a good Auburn team. And, uh, you know, that first half, like really my recollection of that first half for Penn State was it could have gone either way. And there was a fumble near the end of the first half by Auburn that really changed the tenor of that game. So obviously they won by almost 30 points. So it, it's kind yeah. of silly. This, But um uh, and and frankly, I mean, you were there and you're a little biased in this, but like, I think Purdue should have won that game. Purdue should have won that game. Yes. So there are, there are, there are a lot of things that can be said, uh, including 
fumbling at the end of the first half uh, on like the 15 yard line as they're in the red zone and Penn State went down in three plays and scored. And then at the end of the game, they couldn't run enough clock out. And, you know, they gave it back to Penn State with like a minute 50 left and they let them go down and score in like a minute. So uh, there were there were chances as, as Sean has just texted us a few minutes ago, mistakes were made. So uh, are you feeling like grabbing the seven and taking Penn State? Uh, no. Okay. I, I have a real hard time. I mean, setting everything about this year's team on each side aside. Penn State just does not walk into Ann Arbor and, and come out victorious very often. Um, and it kind of like, in my recollection, sort of is a house of horrors for them. I think the last time they won there was uh, 2009. Remember very clearly in 2005, Penn State was undefeated and ranked number three, I think. And they went into Michigan and probably a controversial ending where Mario Manningham scored the touchdown on the last play of the game in the back of the end zone. Penn State fans might argue that there should have been no time on the clock to run that play, cost them a chance the national title appearance. Um, You know, now the seven points, are they going to keep it within that? I mean, you know, you know what I think about seven points. That's ripe for a push. Right. I I just mean like in pigskin last year, last week with the game of the week. And pigskin possibly this week. And, you know, pigskins note that uh, it's happened 11 times in the history of the pool, which has been around for 25 years or whatever. Right. And uh, when it's happened in a season, it's then happened a couple more times that season. Ah. Um, so, you I know, wonder, I, like, I wonder how often it happens on seven. I mean, it's got to be a lot, right? Right. Yeah. So you 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 don't think they're covering seven? <sighs> I'm not confident in it enough to pick. Um, and in my, in my younger days of last year, I would have picked Penn state to cover as, you know, the emotional hedge of <laughs> here's hoping to get pounded. This, and is, this, this is known. This is known in our household and, and, and amongst the obvious brothers as the Josh rule, you pick against what you're rooting for. So you're happy either way. Right. Josh? Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. As opposed to the obvious brothers rule is you don't pick against how you're rooting because you'll, you'll find yourself torn at the end of games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, that's the, that's the paradox every time I do it. Right. Right. There you go. Paradox. Uh, I'll have to make sure I get that and work that word into the title since I don't hear it often on this podcast. All right. Uh, TCU. Uh, Oklahoma State, we did not mention as we talked about games that could be watched. It's a 3.30 game. They're both undefeated. Oklahoma State in the rankings I have in front of me is 8. TCU is 13th. It's obviously a huge game in the Big 12. It is in Fort Worth. And uh, TCU coming off a big win last week at Kansas. Uh, And uh, as just was mentioned, they were the game of the week last week and hit the number right on the nose so that there were like 750 losers in pigskin mania out of a thousand last week who all had that game and none got it right. Huh, Josh? 
I mean, there are a thousand losers, just 750 lost that game. <laughs> Ouch. Right. Now, so you're telling us we should be calling uh, 1-800-whatever-it-is uh, for Pennsylvania? Yeah. Uh, no, I, that, just a joke. Obviously, I am among the losers in both yeah. ways. Yeah. So uh, you, got, you got a take on Oak State, uh, TCU. I was surprised that TCU is favored by three and a half. Yeah, on, on Pigskin, it's actually up to four. And uh, so... <clears throat> Bill Connolly has this game as a true toss-up of 50% yeah. likelihood, but against the spread, which he had on Monday at, at the three and a half that you mentioned, um, he he has Oklahoma State as the projected winner. And so one of the ways I do my pigskin picks is, is cycling through um, Connolly's projections to see uh, where the biggest differences in the spread are. Yeah. And where he has projected winners that are different than the favorites. Yeah. Because it only happens once or twice a week. And uh, so this put Oklahoma State um, possibly on my card. And I really like the fact, you know, I liked it at three and a half. I'll take that extra half a point. Right. If I'm going to go with Oklahoma State, I think I'm likely to avoid this one on pigskin, uh, but certainly um, might bet it in real life. Right. I, I, uh... Uh, I liked it in pigskin for the very reasons you just said that um, uh, the numbers I had showed that I thought Oklahoma State ought to be a slight favorite, maybe a point, and they're getting four, uh, seemed to be a good place to be. Uh, Just uh, we're we're all talking big numbers and not talking about the actual teams on the field. Oklahoma State has a I'm trying to think who TCU's played. It's got to be the best defense that TCU has played. Uh, I don't know if it's the best offense TCU has played. Uh, uh, Kansas put a pretty big number on them last week. And and so it's not clear TCU's defense. Of course, it is the Big 12. So talking about defense in the Big 12 is uh, kind of ironic, right? So. Yeah, as um, you're saying that, I'm wondering what's the best offense that Oklahoma State has played. Well, Oklahoma State's schedule is clearly fairly pretty weak. I would say the best offense they played has to be Baylor, right? Who yeah, put, I guess. Put 40 on the board last night, and the game game against Oklahoma State wasn't it in the high 30s? Third, uh, 36-25 is what I have here, and. I actually think I, I took Baylor. That was a uh, Oklahoma State was on the road. I took Baylor. Um, Giving points. Yeah. And so obviously a mistake. But uh, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule now. They gave up 31 last weekend to Texas Tech. Right. Um, so I don't know that the, I mean, they, they gave up 44 points to Central Michigan in yeah. their first game of the year. They gave up uh, 17. So not much, but, you know, part of what got Herm Edwards, probably not what got Herm Edwards fired, but like the, you know, the last, the final straw that got him fired uh, at, at Arizona State, they, um, 34-17, they beat Arizona State in Stillwater. So I don't know. I'm not particularly impressed by the Oklahoma State defense. And as they move through 
the Big 12, I think we'll see teams score on them pretty easily. I think um, who's the coordinator they lost? Jim Knowles. Right. Went to Ohio State. Yeah. And uh, he's the guy who like pretty much was behind their defensive resurgence or is it a resurgence or is it just a surgence um, improvement last year? So I don't know. I, I don't think that the Oklahoma, but, defense, Oklahoma State defense is anything special. Well, I, I don't think any defense in the Big 12 is special. I think a defense in the Big 12 is about getting a, a couple stops and uh, and changing the momentum. And so I, I think they're capable of that. I'm not sure. I, I, I like the three and a half in, in Oak State. Yeah, I don't think like I certainly understand uh, why you would take that, especially with the hook or on pigskin with the extra half point going up to four. Like, you know, that could easily be a field goal game. Right. Yeah. So. All right. We, we got all kinds of games yet to, to, to talk about here. Uh, I guess we should be talking Clemson and uh, and Florida State. Yes. Uh, it is amazingly only a three and a half point spread. And you kind of mentioned this as you were talking about games to watch. Uh, you, you were pretty sure that Clemson was going cover. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think that they're going to blow them out. I don't think it'll be over in the first half, but um, you know, the, the, the biggest question at Clemson, the biggest reason that they lost three games last year which everyone, you know, acted like the sky was falling for them when they lost three games, was uh, was DJ Uyunglele. Wow. And, yeah. You tried to say that. I think I got it right. I don't think oh. I tried to say it. I think oh, I got it right. Well done. Yeah. Um, so as, as people commonly call him DJU, yeah. uh, you know, and he's been better this year. Like, he's not been – you know, I, I like to, I have a bunch of friends who are Clemson fans and I like to tell them that, you know, they really got lucky with two generational college quarterbacks in a row with Deshaun and Trevor right. Lawrence. And it's just not likely to happen a third time, right? Like that doesn't happen. Three in a row. Yeah. And it doesn't happen. Like it really doesn't happen anywhere. Even you look at like, you know, Alabama's dynasty, a lot of their success has been built on on everything but the quarterback. Right. So, yeah. Um, it, it just, so DJ being, uh, you, you realize, you realize, Oh, you had three in a row. Yeah. I mean, okay. Anyway, they, they did, I mean, you know, transfers and, but this is, this is why Lincoln is, uh, as the rep he has. Right. Sure. Um, so Clem, back to, back to Clemson, it's about scoring points. I think so. And I think, uh, really, I think it's about whether Florida state keep up uh, well, and I, you know, I, I just don't think they can, um, I, it, Florida state's defense is good enough that, that I think that they'll, you know, present some type of a challenge to the Clemson offense, but I don't know. I just don't see how Florida state is in a situation where, um, you know, late game field goal was, is the decisive factor. I, I think they're going to have a struggle with Clemson's front seven. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the, 
I think that's a dominant crew on the, on the field. And if they're, if they're really dominant, uh, I, I think Clemson doesn't have to score much more than three touchdowns to win the game. So, yeah. And, and I think they're more than capable of putting three touchdowns on the board. And typically with Clemson, they usually get some, at least one short field, right? Yeah, I was also thinking that uh, the Florida State offense is is entirely capable of putting a touchdown on the board for Clemson as well. <laughs> yeah, right. right. So, so that, that, there's that game. Uh, um, okay, USC, Utah, you mentioned uh, that you, you would have on the screen. It is, is another three-and-a-half-point game. It is – one of those games that the bear pulled out one of his famous stats for uh, what was it? The last 15 undefeated teams that were uh, underdogs to two loss or more teams uh, lost what? 12 out of 15. No, all of them, right. Except LSU uh, was the only one to have won or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So it didn't make you feel good about the USC side. They're getting three and a half. I guess this is about, is this the Utah team we thought they were before the season? And has USC done better than we thought? So they're in a better place that they could win this game? Or are we going to go back to where we thought the two teams were at the beginning of the year? The Utah is a better team and will win by uh, at least a field goal or maybe more. So... I think the thing that college football fans routinely forget is that generally it's difficult to win a game on the road. And Utah has two losses this year at Florida in that, you know, week one where they threw two picks inside the 10 yard line. Yeah. Uh, and Anthony Richardson looked like a Heisman finalist. And then he's looked like a seventh stringer that, you know, since, right. um, and then last weekend when they lost at the Rose Bowl to an undefeated UCLA team. Right. Um, and, and kind I, of know, defensively, they got pretty much rolled as I think it was 42. Is that what UCLA ended yeah, up? 42, yeah, 42, 32, I think. Yeah. So, so they you know, the, gave up a lot of points for a Utah team. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I'm willing to chalk some of that up to um, uh, uh, Chip Kelly has, you know, a is he a fifth year starting quarterback now? Dorian Tom, Thompson yep. Robinson, yes. Roberts, Robinson, right. whatever. DTR. DTR, uh, yeah, yeah. And I and uh and and uh, Zach Charbonnet, the Michigan transfer as the uh running back at UCLA, he's been uh really good for them too. And so, you know, I, I actually um I think that that's a pretty good uh matchup and and uh wouldn't be surprised if those two teams played for the Pac-12 title. Um, you know, obviously what, what, Oregon. I'm sorry, I, you lost you lost me there. Which two? Utah and UCLA. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'd be I, well. Yeah. I you know I, like I would think I would have to think that UCLA is the favorite in the in the South right now. There is and, no there is no South. Oh, they, they got went, rid of the division. They went divisionless. Yes. Well then. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, it's going to come down to Oregon, Utah and Oregon and play, I assume, I guess maybe I should know this, but. Uh, no, they, 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 I don't think they do play. Interesting. Uh, 
I so the bottom line here is that I think in this particular game, I don't fault Utah for either of their losses too much as it, they both came on the road. And I think that this is the time when SC finds out it's difficult to win on the road. They, right. you know, they're they're a nice uh, story with. Well, I'm, I, actually, I think a lot of people don't think that they're a nice story with, um, you know, the way that Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma and um, all of went, the and went out and bought himself a team. Yeah, I I think a lot of people aren't thrilled about that. Oh, Utah and Oregon do play November nineteenth. Ah. Um. So, uh, you know, I think um. I, I think I would have to like Utah here. I think the question is, do they win by three or do they win by seven? Right. Like, and, and uh, I, I, would, I mean, I, I'm sounding noncommittal on all these cause I'm, I just don't think any of them are something that I would feel confident playing more than like my $5 parlay. So, right. Um, uh, you know, the thing is that I, I think it's really good for college football, this sort of resurgence that, the Pac-12 is having this year. Yeah. Um, you know, they have, I think, five teams. As long as they right don't now. fuck, as long as they don't fuck it up. Well, I'm sure they, they have, will. They, they, have a, they have a tradition of about this time of year screwing it up. Right. Yeah, but I think, you know, you can like, so Colorado, I think, is actually, and I I don't get many of them right, but I pegged Colorado as the as the team most likely to go 0-12 in the power five back in August. Um, and I think that that's still the case. And they're, yeah. so they're not good. Arizona State is struggling with Herm Edwards. Everywhere else, um, you know, I, I think that as Stanford is probably a little disappointing. Uh, but everywhere else, I think they are either better than expected or like actually good. You know, Arizona even is improving from, you know, the, the, the end of um, the Kevin Sumlin era when they were just, you know, horrible. And um, they hired, longtime NFL assistant Jed Fish. And everybody was like, why would they hire this guy? And he's actually like putting together a decent product there. And then, you know, you go to the top where you've got SC in the top 10, you've got UCLA on the verge of the top 10, Utah, Oregon, Washington, all ranked Washington state and Oregon state are clearly improving uh, better than expected. I actually think that is going to be a, an underrated game tomorrow that I hope is not on the Pac-12 network, but I'm sure it is. Yeah, well, I I I, I agree with you. It's probably it's both a good game and probably on the Pac-12 network. So um, we we will uh, too many games to watch anyway. But that was uh, uh, yes, it is on the Pac-12 network at nine o'clock tomorrow night. So. Well, uh, okay. There was our Pac-12 love. Uh, I, I've got to pick your brain one last game, although, you know, time is of the essence. Illinois plays Minnesota tomorrow in a game that uh, has a lot of a lot of juice, especially in the Big Ten West. Uh, got any calls on that one? Yeah. Uh, bet the under. Bet the under. Good call. Yeah. That's probably – close to a safe bet uh betting the other even though i don't know what the number is i'd be surprised it was much more than 35 so bill Connolly has it as 39 when he posted these on monday um and he actually has them going over uh, he has it 23 19 minnesota 
So I think 30, that's unlikely. 39 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think I saw something yesterday that Minnesota is, I don't know what the measure was that was used, but the best defensive team in the country in Illinois was number two. Right. Um, and obviously Illinois struggles offensively. I think their quarterback, Tommy DeVito is out. He is. Yes. Sitkowski is starting and, and, uh, they did not look good against Iowa on offense last week, putting a massive nine on the board. I mean, to be fair, Iowa's defense is pretty good. Um, like Iowa's well, defense, but they're not supposed to be better than Minnesota's, and <laughs> well, and you're playing a backup quarterback, so yeah, we'll see. I, I think that I think Iowa's defense, like subjectively, is probably better than Minnesota's. Okay, uh, I I like the notion of taking the under, and you hit the main points. Illinois' yeah. starting quarterback is out. Supposedly, maybe two starting wide receivers are out and possibly four defensive starters. Uh, so the Iowa game took a toll on them. And Minnesota's got to be dying to get into a game and uh, make up for uh, losing to Purdue two weeks ago, which was a shock at home. Uh, they, they looked like they could win the West easily, and now they're going to have to bang all these games. And uh, and hope Purdue loses to somebody. And, and you know Minnesota, Minnesota plays somebody they can't beat in the East. So uh, I don't have a schedule in front of me, though it wouldn't be wouldn't take me forever to find it. I actually so, think that they go to um, uh, to Penn State next week is what I think. Oh, that, that's that's who I was thinking. Yes, they play Penn State next week. Yeah. Uh, so, so in state, I, I've been there when they beat them, but, uh, yeah, I would not, uh, I don't think I'd, I would put Carter's, uh, lunch money on it. So hey, the, the question I'm wondering about Illinois and as a big 10 West fan, maybe you will have some thoughts on this as well. Does, does Burke just know how to win that division? Uh I think it's pretty clear that Mr. Bielma is built for the Big Ten West and knows how to build the right kind of team to win in that in that league. Uh, clearly, he was outmatched at Arkansas, but uh, Big Ten West, uh, you know, the weather's different. The kind of players you have are different. Probably don't play with as much speed, and he he knows how to build that kind of team. So. Uh, I think it was a great hire Illinois made, and I think uh, you can look forward to them at least having competitive teams uh, while while he's there. And I've heard people say, and this is something I wanted to kind of talk about, um, uh, you know, he'd be a good choice at Nebraska because Nebraska needs somebody like him and not somebody with more flash or necessarily Nebraska background. Uh, so... Uh, I, I wonder if Matt Rule is the is the right guy at Nebraska, but uh, you you uh, you think he's not, or you're uh, just not sure? I I think Matt Rule would be good. Well, I, I I would like to say Matt Rule's good. I'd like to know more. You you said Rule is a Pennsylvanian, right? And he he obviously went to Baylor and was pretty successful. I think the Nebraska coach has to be able to recruit Tex as well. 
Well, so the thing about, I, I think there are a couple of things that Matt Rule has done well um, that has led to his success at, at Temple and then at Baylor, which was he does a good job of, uh, for the level he's coaching at, identifying dudes with traits and developing them, right? Right. Like, a lot of a lot of dudes from Temple when when he was there that he recruited there playing in the NFL like comparative to what you know Temple usually has at at um, Baylor the thing that I've seen that was his biggest strength was the way that he connected to Texas high school football right right and, and how like as an example of this probably the most prominent example that after he's been fired has been uh, making the rounds this week that one of the guys he, you know, he hired, he had a pretty big team of analysts, you know, like the, the off field football guys. And one of the guys who he hired into that role was a high school uh, football coach in Texas named Joey McGuire, who now is the head coach at Texas tech. Right. And so, you know, identifying those guys um, and being able to figure out a way to get, you know, into those high schools when he didn't have a background there. Will he be able to do that at Nebraska? I would think not. Um, but I, I bet I, his think, ro- I bet his Rolodex, if there is such a thing anymore, is still full of high school Texas high school coaches. So I, I think I, that's probably true. But I think I think the important thing is not that he what he did at Baylor, but that he was adaptable enough to do it right? That he was smart enough to figure out how to do it. And then he implemented it. So I don't think it's, I don't think that's what he needs to do at Nebraska. I think what he would need to do at Nebraska is figure out what he needs to do at Nebraska and then he'd do it. And I think he could do that. I think, I, I mean, I think he could do that almost anywhere. Um, I think, uh, where was the place that I saw that was a good fit for him? I can't remember. Was it an but open I, job? Yeah. Or um, was it a speculative open job? So, I mean, it, no, I think like he, he could go to a place like Arizona state and make them competent pretty immediately. Right. Like yeah. that would be the type of thing I think that like he could do where, I mean, every, you know, since I've been a college football fan, people have been asking, why isn't Arizona state better? You got the sun, you got the girls, you got the, you know, everything that you could want in a, in for a, for a 17 year old high school kid to go play football in Tempe, why can't they do it? And, you know, they keep, I don't know. That would be an interesting one. Well, to me. I don't the, think okay. I, I have an answer for that. Okay. You, you made it sound better than it is. You want to be practicing uh, football in August in Tempe? Oh, don't they have, I mean, I, I just assume these days, that all these places have their climate controlled okay. bubbles where they, you know, doesn't I, make I, it any nicer. I I've been there in October and it's been 102 or 103. So I, I just, I just wonder if it's as appealing, especially since I think they recruit out of, if they're doing what they should do, they should be recruiting out of the South Cal. And uh, I think it's a, uh, uh temperature wise it's a it's a big difference than southern california i understand what you're saying it's not nebraska which just plain sucks but it sucks in kind of a different way you can wear shorts and a t-shirt all the time in sun devil land but you could burn to a crack like crunch if you're not careful so 
I mean, yeah, that wouldn't appeal to me. I don't, I don't like that kind of weather year round, but then again, I can only throw a football probably 40 yards. Okay. Well, let, let, let's, let's also, uh, we, we forgot, we're going to talk about Matt rule. We've already used some minutes on him. Do you coach again? If you're Matt rule. That's it. Okay. We, we got put out there for those who don't know, supposedly he got a $42 million buyout. And he has a dollar for dollar offset. So every dollar that he makes coaching in the next six years will be, uh, will save the out of the 42 million. money. Right. right. So he's, he's not going to be making money coaching. Right. So he will be coaching for the love of the game. Uh, I mean, I would probably sit on the sidelines, but you know, maybe that's why I am not a football coach. I don't know that football coaches are wired to do that. Well, and I know I had a conversation in a class yesterday about Tom Brady and, and somebody was saying, well, you know, we should just give it up and blah, blah, blah. I said, well, he's clearly not built that. I mean, he clearly is motivated by the chip on his shoulder and wanting to be the best ever and money and all this other, and even his wife, you know, none of that. Right. And there are just some, there are people that are built that way, but you know, I know if John was on here, he and I'd be talking about what we'd be doing with the 42 million in F football. Right. (laughs) There'd be so many things I'd be doing with that money. Yeah. Right. Uh, co- coaching in Nebraska would not be in, in the top thousand. <laughs> I mean, it, it it might literally be the last thing on the list. <laughs> uh, I don't know, South Dakota, Wyoming. What's the difference? Laramie <laughs> uh, is supposed to be beautiful. <laughs> what was that? Laramie <laughs> is supposed to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you. You just try that. Okay, let's get off the college game. And there's a couple big games in the NFL. I, I heard a couple people who were prompting discussions about the big NFL games various ways. So let's start with this. Uh, everybody loves the Chiefs-Bills game this week. It is a huge game between two teams that played a great game in the playoffs last year and have had a quite a, a recent history with Allen and Mahomes, at quarterback. Who needs the game more? It's got to be the Chiefs, right? I don't know. It doesn't have to be the Chiefs. This is why we're having the discussion. But no, I, no, go I, ahead. I, go ahead with the Chiefs. I think it's got to be the Chiefs because, first of all, it's a home game. I think that they've they've got to win at home. Uh, I think for psyche reasons, um, you know, the fact that. Buffalo went toe to toe with them in the playoffs last year. And, you know, some would argue the Buffalo losing the way they did was unjust. Um, you know, I would argue it's, it's just a, a sporting event. So there's no such thing, but um, I really, you know, are the chiefs going to be able to go Martin Luther King weekend or the weekend after that to Buffalo and win a game to get to this Super Bowl or to get closer to the Super Bowl. I think they've got every incentive and every need to win this game. Uh, so I think it's much more important for them, actually. Ah, that was interesting. Uh, you did not even mention the division race, which well, I don't I don't think the Bills even have to worry about at this point. I, 
I think the Bills are going to win their division handily so a lot, they can handle the loss. But I think the Bills need to win because just what you said, I don't think they want to go back to Kansas City for a playoff game. And they, they know how important win, being in, in Buffalo would be to them when it comes to that time. So I think it – and the fact that have they lost four in a row to them um, in the Allen era in the last two-plus years. And uh, so I, I think they need to get the monkey off their back. Uh, they don't want to be thinking Kansas City owns them. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair, though. I don't know that that's um, I I would think that Buffalo looks at that game last year and thinks, you know, we should have won that game. And I, I that that kind of maybe isn't the the the, the monkey on their backs is not the foremost thought in their mind. I right. think they think they're, I think they think they're better. Right. And I think if they lose that game, I think they'll still think they'll, they're better. Um, I, I, I really think it's, it's really important for the chiefs to win that game. Okay. Uh, so they're getting points. I, 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 I don't have that up. Is it still three? Three and a half. I thought it, so on pigskin, it's two and a half. Two and a half on pigskin. Yeah. I took, so, the, me, I took the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, home dogs, right? Like home that's, dogs. That's, home dogs. That's, I, took a, I took the home dog last night and I'm, I'm, the tears are dropping down my cheeks. So, yeah. DraftKings still has it at two and a half. So, something to monitor over. The well, next couple of days. I ain't betting that game with my money. Yeah, see, I, I would be more likely to bet that game. Well, the only reason I played it on pigskin is because I have to play an NFL game. You have to play two NFL games, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, it is yeah, a struggle. As you know, and, and let's be the obvious brothers, NFL games are harder than heck to pick against the spread because the margins are so tight. Margins are tight, and... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I have tried to abide by the rule that I'm not picking my pigskin picks until Saturday morning this year. I failed last week and and went with uh, the Broncos on Thursday night football. Never again. Um, in fact, I'm, I might have to start picking against the Broncos. I hate them so much. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, these games are just so tough. You know. Well. I mean, I mean, not to belabor last night, but you you saw there were two plays at the, in the last minute that two guys could have made catches in the end zone, and that result's different, completely yeah. different, and and it's just a matter of, well, uh, Mooney, why Mooney can't hang on to that ball when he goes up to the apex on the goal line, and he and he you know just a little fumble. I don't, I don't think it was a real catch because I, I, I agree with what Herb Street said. It's irrelevant oh, that his elbow landed out of bounds. But, yeah, so it wouldn't have been quite so irrelevant if he'd actually grabbed it at the apex and held on to it. Then you'd have had to watch it to see whether it was a touchdown or not. But Yeah, whether he got both feet in and all, you know. Right, yeah, all that, right. So, yeah. But, but, yeah, that's how tight the NFL games are. They come down to a play or two at the end. And so it's, it's tough to pick. So um, the other, the other big game is one, you know, again, a, a walk away from your home 
the boys are coming to town and the Eagles are undefeated. And I think I've saw that this is the best they both have been at the same time for years. And so uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's actually it's, it is a big line considering the NFL. It's uh, it's actually interesting to me with uh, you know, as you mentioned, I live like a mile and a half from the stadium complex, and probably two miles from Center City. Um, this starting today with the Phillies first pitch four thirty seven. Got Phillies games today and tomorrow. Got the Eagles game Sunday night. You got Premier League live happening at Dilworth Park up at City Hall Saturday and Sunday mornings, having screens set up to watch all the Premier League matches. And then, well, so that the NBC show is broadcasting from Dilworth Park, Uh, you know, the Premier Premier League live or whatever. They're broadcasting from, like, they do this every year. A couple of times they go out and do, like, the Fan Fest is what they call it. So that's Philly this weekend. Uh, first time they've been in Philly. And then Thursday is Sixers home opener and uh, the Philadelphia Union, top seed in the MLS Eastern Conference, host their first playoff game Thursday night. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday would be the games that the Phillies host in the NLCS if they make it that far. So it's kind of uh, local sports overload here for me. Um, I, I I actually think I like the Cowboys and the points though on Sunday night. Yeah, that's a lot of points in the NFL. Is it is it six still? It, on pigskin, it's six and a half. Woo. Um, yeah, so you know that's. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the Eagles are better. The Eagles being at home obviously is a, is a huge draw, um, a huge uh, advantage for them. But I just I just can't see how they they win by a touchdown. I don't know. I mean, it's the NFL, right? Like they yeah they couldn't beat the Cardinals by more than three last weekend on the road. Right. Um. So that, that brings the, the other, as I said, there were questions asked. In, in a one-game playoff scenario, who are you taking, Dak or Jalen at this point? Well, Dak, if he's healthy, and there's talk he might play Sunday, but I think doubt it's it. yeah. yeah, I doubt it, but he's close. So, oh, man, I really – I think you'd probably have to take Dak – um right. just with a longer track record um right. but like also think that that could be like a huge swing and miss right like hurts they've done everything they can to put him in a position to succeed they've got a lot of depth in the uh in the you know the backfield um trading for aj brown has transformed that offense right um and, you know, like, I mean, that guy maybe underrated somehow and, like, maybe deserves to be in the best receiver in the league conversation. Yeah. Um, and and it's really also done wonder, wonders for Devontae Smith, uh, who 
was also, you know, always known at Alabama as a great precise route runner and, and he gets open. And now that he's seeing single coverage because AJ Brown needs to be double, double covered. Devante is, you know, he's open all the time. So they've done a nice job, I think, of, of putting him in a position to succeed. And, uh, you, you say all that and, and I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but the first thing when we talk about one game to win it all, win something, I remember the playoff game last year with the Eagles and uh, how how terrible they looked on offense. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I mean I yeah I have nothing that I could say about that. Like uh, I I can also you know to be fair point out Dak has a as a uh, one one playoff victory in his career so. But I, I don't remember so many shit the bed games that, that look like the one Jalen put up last year. So uh, it, it is a conversation yeah. that you know how the two fan bases are about each other. It's not a conversation that's going to go away. Uh, and you, you're liking the points. I like the points. Uh, so let's get down to the nitty gritty pigskin. You, you, uh, I, I think I've already given away the fact that I took the Bears last night and I'm taking the Chiefs. And on the NFL side, uh, the game of the week is the Tennessee-Alabama game. And, of course, we've had many text discussions about whether you have to take that game or not. I imagine you're picking it and, and you're leaning Alabama, I, say, I take it. Lean Alabama. Okay, well, I yeah, the fact that you say lean Alabama tells me you shouldn't be picking the game. But, okay, so what else you got? Um. So I think I'm thinking I'm, I might go true sicko mode here and uh, take one point as a home dog, Western Michigan hosting Ohio, Ohio University, the Bobcats. Um, I, I'm, that's on my card right now. Uh, the Oak State that you mentioned is on, is on the card and, and is under consideration. Kansas plus nine. Uh, in Norman is under consideration. I just, you know, did people watch their backup quarterback last week throw four touchdowns against TCU? It, it feels like they didn't. Did people watch Oklahoma the last three weeks and see, you know, the worst Red River shootout loss in school history and give up 55 points to TCU? I, I don't know if they've, you know, I don't know how Oklahoma could possibly be a nine point favorite in that game. Um, and I think Clemson is is on the card minus three and a half. That's on the road. It's a rivalry game, but I think that they're the better team. So, you know, I feel comfortable with that three and a half. NFL wise, <sighs> I, against my better judgment, am considering taking eight points with the Buccaneers coming to Pittsburgh. Um, You're going to take the points. I think I'm going to take the points. Uh, I think the Steelers aren't as bad as they played last weekend. And Buffalo, I think, is better than than Tampa. Um, and so, you know, I, I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm tempted to take the points there. Who knows if I'll actually do it. One that I do think is uh, likely that I'll do is um, taking the points when – the Saints host the Bengals. The Saints are a two-point underdog. I think I'll take those points and take them to win 
up outright at uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Okay, well, there you go. We, we rammed right through them. I, I, my, my pigskin college picks are Clemson giving those points, uh, Wazoo uh, getting three and a half at Oregon State, and I think they're the better team. And my numbers indicate that they probably ought to be favored but uh, what are your numbers? Uh, no, I, I've got are they, numbers. Are they proprietary? No, no, I stole them. Does, uh, that, make, does that make them proprietary? Don't think yeah, I make um, up my don't think I make up my own numbers. I went out and found some. Yeah. So Bill Connolly has that game uh, at the line Oregon State minus three. He has Washington State favored by point one. Yeah. Um, and if like a 50, 50 true toss up. So that sounds yeah. like, it sounds like what I'm saying. Yeah. I, so. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to buttress your point. I think you're right. Like, uh, and, and you might even almost think that I, you know, where I got my number, but, um, anyway, um, wh where were we at? And, and, uh, I'm going with Southern Mississippi in the non power five game of the week. Uh, and because I listen to a podcast and a guy does a non-power five game every week and he's six for six Oof. and this is his pick. So All right. I, I, he hasn't been wrong yet. And you know how that goes, Josh, I'm going to ride that hot hand. Of course. Uh, as opposed to writing what Sean says, which is kind of an anti, you fade that. Isn't that the word Sean yeah. likes to use? Fade, fade that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm riding I, that until it goes wrong. So I've said this via text because, you know, how could you avoid saying this to Sean? But I've never seen anyone more obsessed with how their picks are going to do than him. Hmm. Like all he ever talks about is how his picks are going to do great. Like, man, yeah. love you, buddy. But <laughs> okay. I'll have to put that in a time timeline. Let's see where are we at here that uh, Sean gets love at about an hour and 15 minutes in. Um, actually, it's, it's concern. It's, it's concern out of love. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay. Nothing is, I, I, I know what you're saying about Sean. Nothing is funnier about Sean than Wednesday or Thursday sending us a text message that claims to be telling us what his picks are. Which seems emojis. to be seems to be a random bunch bunch of uh, of graphics, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was going to tell you about this and invite you next year, or even we could put you on it this year. But we've got a uh, all the guys who get, we got a bunch of guys who do pigskin mania together, and we all send emojis Thursday, Friday of the week, and sit there for hours trying to figure out what oh. the picks were. So this is the thing. This isn't just Sean. This is there's no. a whole group of you. I think Sean actually lifted the idea from uh, my buddy Scott, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of fun and it's also kind of maddening. And at this point, it's kind of difficult to come up with original emojis for like this is this is probably the greatest motivator to me to pick things that are outside the box so that I can uh, have good emojis to to tweet. Wow, I, 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 well, I'm, I'm speechless, but uh, I, I do have, I have something up on my phone screen that I want to talk about that you, you brought up since John doesn't really talk as much EPL as he ought to. Uh, so if they're in Philly for uh, their pregame 
uh, show Sunday morning. Are they hyping Liverpool Man City? Is that the big game in the EPL Sunday? Oh, yeah. And they, they will have – I'm actually – I'm thinking of going uh, after two Phillies games. We'll see if I'm allowed. Um, and I and I can say if I'm allowed because I know my wife will not listen to this podcast. Uh, but uh, – and that's no offense to you, of course. Um, but uh, – uh, I think it's an offense to you, though. Yeah, it probably most definitely is. Uh, yeah. So okay, they go will, ahead. <laughs> they'll have um, screens set up, you know, like projector screens, and they're going to be showing. They say that they're going to be showing all the matches. There are, I think, four matches that kick off nine a.m. Sunday morning, and they'll be showing all four of those, and then the big there match are, at eleven. There are, but but I would say that they're pretty shit matches. Uh, not to, I, yeah, I, I mean, think, not that I am a great aficionado of EPL, but just based on what I kind of watch the scores and things. Uh, I, the Liverpool man city game uh, always has juice, but Liverpool has been sucking hind tit. Haven't they, as they say. Uh, yeah, I think that Liverpool wishes that they were off to a better start. I think that's fair to say they exploded for seven goals against Rangers in champions league midweek. Mo well, Salah had a, uh, three, he had a, a six minute hat trick. Rangers, really? Yeah, do you know Rangers? I know. I you mean out of Glasgow? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yes, I, I I've seen them. I've actually been to their park and seen them play. So the, the is that are they at Ebrox? I thought they were at Hamden. Okay, then then it's I always confuse the two. Celtic must be at Ebrox then, um, okay. or Ibrox. I don't I don't know how the Scottish pronounce it, but. Uh, well, since um, it's not a Scottish word, it, they, they might pronounce it any any old way you don't understand. But anyway, I didn't. I would not think it, it's not like uh, Liverpool uh, beat beat uh, Madrid or somebody or Barcelona. That, so you know, as an Everton fan, I hate Liverpool and follow a lot of people who hate Liverpool. And so the the good joke that I saw this week is it really tells the um, quality of the Scottish uh, Premier League when their runners up go to the champions league and get just absolutely slammed by a mid-table premier league team so yeah i i I don't think there's anything that you could call a lie in that yeah right so anyway i I was just looking at the schedule and i I recognize what game they're probably hyping is the big game but uh yeah those two teams aren't where we thought they would well i had to look at the table but uh yeah, Man City's in second, and uh, Liverpool is in tenth. Yeah. yeah. Well, well hey, it's been hey, it's been a while since Man City hasn't been first, right? So. Well, Arsenal's been really strong to start the year, so I don't think you know that's go, when go, Arsenal go, go is, Gunner, is, go Gunners. But as a, as an Arsenal fan, uh, going but, back a couple decades, uh, I know this will not last. So. Uh, well, that's the I, Arsenal hope, I hope they hold on to top four status. Yeah. Arsenal plays beautiful football in the fall and then the winter comes and, you know, it's Game of Thrones. So, yeah, winter is coming. Right. Winter is I hate coming. to cut this off, but uh, I have a meeting in five. Okay. So, okay. You went, you went a little crunchy for some reason there, but I appreciate you doing this. Good, good job on the picks and the analysis. Uh, have fun at the game this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon. And um, go Appreciate Phillies. Yeah. yeah, go Phillies. 
Uh, uh, and I'm sure I'll talk to you. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye, Josh. Have a good one. All right. See you. Bye.